0: are in our series called The Journey, and in the series, we're following a guy by the name of Abraham. And we've seen through Abraham's life, he is far, far from perfect. And yet, Abraham trusted God in some big ways. And as a result, he, his faith is shown in his journey and his story of faith. And from, from his story, from his journey, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can learn on how we can become people of faith as well on our journey. Now, several, uh, several weeks ago, Laura's parents came to visit us from Canada and uh, stayed with us. Maybe you just had some family that came in and stayed with you over Thanksgiving, or maybe you have some coming in at, at Christmas, right? We love our family and we love when they come visit, but you know, anytime you have people living in your house, it kind of impacts and uh, your, your kind of regular rhythms of things, doesn't it? And so uh, one day, I, uh, one afternoon, I, I went outside um, to be by myself and uh, uh, I was taking stuff out and, and I was actually putting some stuff in the recycling bin. And as I was crossing back across the drive, driveway, uh, I heard Laura's dad say something to me. And I mean, I, it, it scared me half to death, right? I was like, yes, Lord. Like, right, I didn't know. I'm like, and I didn't realize God's voice was going to sound like my father-in-law. I'm like, eternity could be a long time. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. And it turns out that he was he was sitting in his car in the driveway. The car wasn't on. He wasn't going anywhere. He was just there by himself. Uh, they weren't leaving for for like another week, which had all kinds of jokes, right, that I could say, but Laura told me I'm not allowed to. And so uh, look at me, I'm growing, and, uh, and I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight. And so I'm just going let to that, let that be. But he was sitting in the car by himself with his map out, trying to reprogram his GPS. And so immediately I I did what any good dad would do. I went inside and got Ty to bring him down and show him what a map looked like, right? I'm like, look at this, son, big paper and colors and lines. And then I gave him a phone book. It blew his mind, right? He's just like, I've seen videos of these on a tablet, but not in real life. It was like a a field trip to the museum. And and so um, we were there in the the driveway and and my father ended up, my father and I ended up spending uh, multiple hours of multiple days sitting in his car alone trying to reprogram his GPS. Yes, now it's a brand new car, right? And so it has a brand new GPS in it. And it's the, the kind that takes like real-time data in and, and it takes the traffic patterns and constructions and accidents and all those things. And it, it will constantly recalculate to give you the best route. That's the reason why we don't use maps anymore, right? But, but he, didn't, he didn't trust it. He wanted to, to go his way. He wanted to follow his plan on their way back home. And so he was using his map to try and reprogram his GPS. The problem is, is that it just doesn't work that way, right? As soon as he would get going, it would start to to take in some of that information and it would recalculate and it would take him on the best way, not the way that he wanted to go. And I think in our lives, I think we live like that a lot. I would call us, I think we're all hot pocket people, right? How many of you have ever had a hot pocket before? If you've never had a hot pocket, it's like, it's like pizza filling shoved in an egg roll, right? That you put in the, in the microwave. And, and it's supposed to be like this incredible snack until you, you bite into it. And, and like molten lava, like instantly burns your mouth, right? I mean, it's just, it's the most painful thing in the world. And uh, I think it's Jim Gaffigan that said that, that your mouth tastes like rubber for the next month, right? As a result of, of it. And we learn from it, right? We learn, we're like, Next time, I'll cool it down for four seconds. And we bite in and destroy our mouths all over again, right? We're we're hot pocket kind of people. We burn our mouths regularly because we all want it our way. We want to do things in in our time, right? And so we see this in, in Abraham's journey. And in fact, this is kind of encouraging because I think we come by it naturally. We're going to see Abraham and Sarah. They've acted in the exact same way that we do. Abraham's journey kind of shows us some things in in his life, some patterns that I think we see in our lives as well and is gonna help us today. Here's the first part of what we see in Abraham's journey of faith. We see a dream, right? Abraham was 75 years old when God shows up and he makes a promise to him. In Genesis chapter 12, verse two, God said this, I will make you into a great nation. It starts when God gives us a dream. When God gives you an idea, God gives you an ambition, he gives you a goal He gives you something in your life that that shows you what life could be like. It's kind of a preferred future for your your life, for your career, for your family, for for your health. And at age 75, God gave Abraham a dream. But that's just the start, right? After the dream comes decisions. And with every dream comes decisions. Genesis 12 verse 4 says this, So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. Every dream comes with a decision. Should I stay or, or should I go, right? Should I play it safe or, or should I take a risk in this? Do I wanna wait for it to happen for me or, or should I make it happen myself? Ultimately, it comes down to this question of, do I trust God? Do I trust his plan in my life? Do I trust that, that God's dream for me is best? Abraham had to leave, right? He had to leave his home. He had to leave his, his family. And he goes to a place that God leads him to, a place he had never been before, a place he had never heard of, a place he had never, never seen. See, a dream without a decision is worthless. Every dream requires a step of faith. And once you've done that, then usually this is what comes next. Difficulty. Difficulty. We've seen it in this series. Right. That when we take a risk, when we trust God, when we chase the dream, that ultimately there are going to be difficulties in our lives. Abraham faced many, as we've looked at, over the course of his journey. He ran into a famine. There was two times where he, where he asked his wife Sarah to lie and to say that she was his sister so that, because he was afraid for his life. Genesis 12, 13 says, say you are my sister so that I'll be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. The land that God took them to, this promised land, right? It couldn't sustain them. It ended up being, leading to conflict within his family. And then he gave up the best land to his nephew, Lot. He had to risk his life and the lives of other men to go and to save Lot from an army that had invaded and and captured his family. God's promised him a son, and yet they're getting older with no kids in sight. And Abraham faces these stages in his life where things go from bad to really bad to, to worse. Now, just to be clear, and I know we've said this before in the series, but I want to make sure we're clear on this. God doesn't cause pain or difficulty in our lives. It's always a result. Now, maybe it's a result of of the freedom of choice, sometimes ours, sometimes it's the consequences of the the decisions that we make, sometimes it's the the consequences of decisions that other people around us make. It's sometimes the result of sin, right? As a a result of sin, we live on on a broken planet. And we know that what comes from that are are things like disasters and and disease. It's sometimes the result of an evil enemy that wants to to destroy us. Mike's going to talk about that in January. A little little teaser there, right, of our our next series. So excited about what he's going to share with us to help us with that. See, God doesn't cause pain and difficulty in our lives, but he allows it. He allows it to grow us, to develop and to grow our character and our faith. And see, what often comes with difficulty is this next thing. And they kind of go hand in hand. It's it's delay. Abraham now is 86 years old. He and Sarah are stuck in a a delay. Genesis 16 verse 1 says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. 11 years, right, have passed since God gave Abraham this dream that Abraham would be the the father of of many nations. And yet Abraham and, and Sarah, right, they still don't have a child. A dream is, is very rarely and probably never fulfilled instantly. The bigger the dream, I believe, the longer the delay that comes. See, when God gives you an idea of what he wants to do in your life, and when he actually fulfills it, there's always going to be a delay in between. Why? Why does God allow that? Why is there that space, that gap, that waiting period? Because that's what develops our faith. If we got everything instantly the way we want it, right, our our faith wouldn't develop in those things. And so what's happened in those 11 years for Abraham and Sarah? Not much. Really, he's just waiting on God. He's been tempted to doubt. He's been tempted to despair. He's been tempted to take detours in his life. And so what we see is Abraham and Sarah did what most of us are guilty of doing in our lives. They did it themselves, Abraham and Sarah decide they're gonna try and, and speed up God's timetable a little bit, right? They're kind of hot pocket people, right? This is, and this is important for us to understand because it's what we're gonna talk about and look at today. Genesis 16, verse two says, so she, referring to Sarah, said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And so Abraham believed, right? He believed God's promise, He believed that God was gonna make a nation through him. He believed that he was going to have offspring that was as many as the stars in the sky because that's what God promises, as many as sand on the shore. But what he stopped believing was God's timing. And so they took things into their own hands. They pulled out the map and they stopped trusting God's GPS. Mike shared this story with us a couple of weeks ago. Sarah encourages Abraham to go and to have an affair with her servant Hagar. And she gets pregnant. She gives birth to a son named Ishmael. But you see, that wasn't God's plan. That was, that was their plan. And we're gonna come back to this later. And so uh, we move on from, from here, from them doing it themselves to the next part, which is a, a dead end. And here's Abraham now, 99 years old. Genesis 17, 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And I have to believe that Abraham was saying, God, I've believed, (laughs) I've I've trusted, I've tried. God, I I think the dream is dead. I know we've all been here. At times in our life when it feels like the the dream that God has given us, he's, he's now allowing to die. It's been 25 years for Abraham and Sarah. And they're absolutely feeling hopeless. How do you know when your dream is at, a, is at a dead end? It's because you start feeling hopeless. And when you're at this stage, what happens is that we start to doubt God's wisdom. We start to doubt God's love in our lives. And as a result, we start saying things like this. We ask the question, why is this happening to me? Because it's out of our control, which is funny because that's exactly where God wants us to be. Because now we have another choice to make. Will I... Doubt or will I decide to move on to the next phase, which is this, to depend, to depend on God. Imagine, imagine Abraham, right? Imagine Abraham tries to go to Costco and and he's trying to get a membership. And the guy says, "Uh, so I need to take some information. What's your name? And he says, "Uh, father of a great nation. Wow, that's impressive, right? Impressive name. How many kids do you have? None. How old are you? If I don't mind asking, 99, right? How embarrassing that would have been for Abraham. It's a test of his faith. I want you to look at at, at this verse. This and and another one that we're gonna look at in in just a minute are, are very important for us to understand today. Genesis 18, 14 says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? This was a question that was posed to Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, that's the question that we need to ask ourselves today, every single day of our lives. Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, if you answer yes, yeah, Donnie, I don't don't know. I I don't know that God can do fill in the blank. Maybe I just haven't seen that answer in my life. Maybe I'm I'm just, I'm a little skeptical. Maybe I'm still searching out this whole God thing. If that's your answer, if you say, yeah, I don't know that, I think there are some things that are too hard for the Lord. I want to tell you some good news. The reason that you're frustrated, the reason that you're discouraged, the reason that you may be at a place of hopelessness in your life is because you don't know God. See, the God that you're following or the God that you're believing in or the God that you're searching after, if he has limitations, he's not God. That's not the God of the Bible. It's not the God of creation, including your creation. That's not the God of salvation that occurred freely through Jesus. And I want you to see today what God can do in your life. But if you answered no, No, Donnie, I don't believe that there is anything that is too hard for God that I wanna say congratulations to you. See, when we can get here, when we can get to the place that nothing is too hard for our God, then now we're in a place where we're gonna stop trying to do things on our own and we are going to completely depend upon God. See, that's the goal of the journey. That's what God is trying to teach us through this series and and through the life of Abraham. God's goal is a life of dependence where we are completely dependent upon him. See, the greater the dead end, the more hopeless the situation seems in your life, the more you need to depend on God. And the more and the bigger and the greater the miracle is going to be in your life. It was true for Abraham and it's true for us. See, some of you are at a dead end in a relationship right now. You had a dream of being married, right? You were gonna marry the, the perfect guy, the, the perfect girl. You, you've dreamed of the perfect ceremony, right? You have all of these plans. You have all of these things in, in your mind. You decided you were gonna do it God's way, right? You wanted to find a, a guy or a girl who loves Jesus. You're, you're gonna date God's way. You're gonna have, make sure your marriage is God's way, that you're gonna raise your family God's way. The problem is, is that you ran into some difficulties. You can't find the one, right? And you've waited and and you've prayed about it. And so eventually maybe you try to do it yourself. Maybe you settled a little bit, right? This guy is not perfect, right? Not exactly what I was looking for. Maybe you compromised in some areas because someone sitting next to you feels better than waiting with no one at all. And now you're not sure. You're not sure if he or she is, is really the one, but now there's all this pressure, right? Cause you're in this relationship or maybe the relationship didn't work out and maybe you've been left brokenhearted, And now you're wondering if it's ever gonna happen. Will you ever get married? Here's the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Maybe for some of you, your dead end is your marriage right now. Maybe your dream was for a perfect marriage, right? 3.2 kids and then a perfect house and a, and a white picket fence. And you decided you were gonna honor God with your marriage, but, but then you got married, right? And, and they, they came into the marriage and they brought their baggage with them and they brought their ways of doing things with them and they brought their family with them, right? And, and all of a sudden, it, it wasn't quite exactly what you hoped and days turned into months, turned into years and your marriage is far from perfect. And so you do it yourself. And you try to fix it by by making your spouse, by helping them change to be the person that you think that they should be, but it, it doesn't quite go the way that you hoped it would. And the advice hasn't fixed it. And you realize how much hard work it's going to take. And you're left wondering if you should just throw in the towel. So here's the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Some of you are at a dead end in your school or your career. You had dreams for college. You had Your dream job lined up, that startup that you had always wanted to do. And you were gonna do it God's way. You wanted to honor God with that. And so you stepped out in faith and you took a risk, but the classes aren't as easy as you hoped they were gonna be. And then that dream job isn't opening up the way you wanted. You're not advancing in that career. You don't have the team that you hoped you were gonna have. The income isn't coming in. And now you're waiting. You're going class to class, paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you've had to cut some corners. Maybe you've had to do some things your way. Maybe you've compromised in some small ways and now you're wondering, D- did I make the wrong choice? And I don't know that I'm ever going to be successful. I don't know that I'm ever gonna be happy. So the question is, is anything too hard for the Lord? So you can apply this to so many areas in your life. Some of you are at a dead end when you look at your kids. Some of you are, when you look at your budget or, or maybe at friendships, some of you are at a, at a physical dead end and your health is following apart and, and the patterns are repeating themselves over and over in your life. So we get in this place by trying to do things ourselves. We try to do things our way. We try to do things in our time instead of waiting on God and waiting on his timing and waiting on his perfect plan. So how do we walk in faith while we're waiting for God to show us what's next? What do we do to keep on depending on God? If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to Romans chapter four. We're gonna move to the New Testament today, uh, but we're gonna continue to follow Abraham and Sarah's story. Romans uh, chapter four. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can uh, download our app. We've got notes in there that you can uh, follow along with, or you can follow on the side screens as well. Here we've got Abraham and and Sarah, right? And they rejected God's plan. They believed in God's promise, but but they rejected it by, by rejecting God's timing. And so they decided to take things in their own hands. And we have to understand that that we cannot substitute God's plan for our plan. In order for God's plans to happen in your life, you have to take your plans and put them off to the side. And the reality is, is that doesn't always feel good. But sometimes the best thing that can happen in our lives is when God says no to our plans. See, we don't get to direct God. God directs us. And I want you to see, uh, based on how Abraham responded in, in Romans chapter four, in these few verses, a pattern from Abraham's life that will help us walk in faith while we're, while we're waiting on God. Here's the first thing, is that you remember what God can do. Romans 4, 17 said this, that is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life, and who creates new things out of nothing. See, Abraham believed that, that God was God, right? He believed that God was all-knowing. He believed that God was all-powerful. He believed that God was in control of everything. Abraham remembered that, that God had created everything. And then he was, he was disappointed in the way that, that, that humanity responded, right? And so he, he wiped everything out with a flood and then he rebuilt everything. He started over. Abraham remembered that God had delivered on his promise to, to take Abraham and his family to the promised land. Abraham remembered that twice God had delivered him from those foreign kings when Abraham lied and said, said Sarah was his sister. Abraham remembered the victory that God gave him when he took that small army and, and he rescued Lot from a, a far bigger army. God remembered, or Abraham remembered that God had saved Lot's family again before destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. See, over and over and over again in Abraham's life, God delivered and he had proven himself faithful. And now here's Abraham, right? He's 99 years old. And even though he doubted and tried to do things his own way, God's forgiven him. And Abraham is back on the the plan of, of depending on God. Because of God's faithfulness in his past, Abraham Trust God with his future. See, Abraham believed that God brings the dead back to life. He believed that God creates new things out of nothing. For some of you, that's, that's what you needed to hear today. Some of us may need to just camp on these verses for a little while, because your marriage seems dead your career seems dead. A relationship in your life seems dead. Your, your spiritual life feels dead. Maybe it's a health issue that's left you feeling hopeless. Your dream seems dead, but you need to remember that God brings dead things back to life. For some of us, maybe it's our, our finances, right? We're, we're staring at, at nothing. You desperately want to get married, but he or she is nowhere in sight. You, you wanna start a family. You've tried everything, but, but, but you just can't get pregnant. You're just looking for that job, right? But, but no matter how hard you try, no matter how many times you interview it, it just doesn't open, or, or you just can't seem to, to, to keep it in that field. You've tried to break free from that habit, but no matter how hard you've tried, you just can't seem to kick it. Remember this, God can make new things out of nothing. See the key for Abraham is this is that he remembered. He remembered who God was and he remembered what God had done in his life. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. See sometimes our perspective gets gets clouded, doesn't it? It gets distorted. And sometimes our difficulties that that we face, sometimes the delays in our life, sometimes the things that that turn into dead ends for us, they seem bigger than we are. But you need to remember that God is living in you and he is bigger than anything that you will ever face in your life. Luke 18, 27, Jesus said this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. George Mueller uh, said, faith does not operate on the realm of, of the possible. See, there's no glory for God in what is, what is humanly possible. Faith always begins at the end of human power. The situation in your life, it, it may be out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. The God who brings dead things back to life, see, for him, it's not too late. The God who creates new things out of nothing, for him, it's not impossible. And so don't focus on what you can't do, but you focus on what God can do. Here's the second thing. Second is this, is that we rely on God's promises. Romans 4:18 says this, even when there was no reason for hope. Have you ever felt that way in your life? That hope was, was dying inside of you? How do you know when hope is, is dying inside of you? It, you know when you start using the word never. I'm never gonna make the team. I'm never gonna get into that school. I'm never gonna fill that hole in my heart. I'm never gonna be happy again. I'm I'm never gonna change. See, what do you do when hope starts to die within you? Look at the rest of, of verse 18. Abraham kept hoping. He believed that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Eugene Peterson said this, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. See, this isn't just wishful thinking. This isn't just positive thinking. This is, this is faith. Abraham kept believing that God would do what he said he was going to do. Which leads to a question for us. How do you keep believing when you feel like doubting? How do you keep believing when you feel like giving up in your life? See, here's the answer. You hold on to the promises of God. Abraham believed that he would become the father of many nations. The only way, the only way for you to hold on to hope for what hasn't happened yet in your life is to rely on the God that has told you it will happen. Who's told you what he will do for you. We just came out of a series called Taking Flight. And in this series, Mike, Mike taught us how to, to change the way we think, right? And, and it involves the internalizing of God's word, that you read it, you, you study it, you memorize it. We talk about it together. That is the only way that we're gonna discover promises like, like some of these, when you need salvation in your life. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, right? That means, that means you. And maybe, maybe today, maybe today could be that day for you. Maybe you, you're just, you're tired of trying to do things yourself. You're, you're tired of trying to fix it. You're tired of trying to carry everything your own way. And maybe you've run into that dead end. And today you just simply trust that, that Jesus is God, that he loved you so much, that, that he took your sin, he took your shame when he went to that cross. And through his death and through his resurrection, he replaced it with, with forgiveness and with freedom and a new relationship with him, it's done. Completely free. All you have to do is is believe it, is is just receive it. Maybe it's a a promise like this, that when you're dealing with guilt in your life, Romans 8, 1, that says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus has done in your life, you, you can be forgiven. And it doesn't mean that you are or that you will act perfectly. What it means is that when God looks at you, he looks at you through the lens of his perfect son, Jesus. And now as a result, you are God's son. You are God's daughter. And you don't need to feel guilty for your past anymore. Maybe it's a promise like this when you need God's help. In Psalm 46, one, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. What this promise says is that God is on your side in everything that you face. He's an ever-present help in trouble. How reassuring is that? Whatever you are tempted with, whatever trial you face in your life, whatever opposition that you encounter, that God is always with you and God is always helping you. And what's the result? It says that we will not fear. The Bible has over 7,000 promises from God to you. Why does God make all of these promises for us? Because he wants us to learn to trust him. When you get a promise from God, in your life, and you're able to hold on to that in faith, right? it, it, it 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 takes you from that place of where you want to give up, that place where you want to try and do things yourself, and it takes you to the place where you depend completely on Him. So when you come to a dead end, rely on the promises of God. Here's the third one: is that we face the facts in faith. Romans 4:19 says, And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. See, Abraham recognized that, that he and Sarah were far beyond childbearing years, right? He's 99, she's 89. Medically, it's an impossibility for them. He doesn't deny the facts. He, he faces the facts in, in faith. This is, this is very important for us. You see, faith does not ignore reality, Faith doesn't pretend that you don't have a problem in your life. Faith doesn't act like there, there are no difficulties. Faith is not denial. And I want you to hear that because I think a lot of people think it is. That faith thing, right? You just, you just ignore the reality around you and you just got this, this blind, weird faith. No, faith is facing the facts in your life without being discouraged by them. It's not denying that you're facing a dead end or a hopeless situation. or or a delay in your life. It's not not that there are things in your life that are impossible for you from a human standpoint. It's facing the facts and facing the problems in your life without being overwhelmed by them, without being consumed by them. Abraham realized that God's ability to fulfill his promises outweighed his circumstances. And so Abraham's faith didn't weaken. And what was impossible for Abraham, he believed was possible for God. That's true faith. Here's the last one. The last one is this, is that we simply believe in advance. You expect God to act in your life and to do good things, even if it's not the way that you planned. Romans 4.20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he He promises. Notice that before it even happened, Abraham never wavered. Abraham was was fully convinced. And what was the result? As a result of that, his faith grew stronger. You see, every time God spoke to Abraham about promises in his life, he said it as if it were already done. God speaks to us in the past tense about things that we haven't even faced yet in our lives. Why does he do that? Because it proves how strong God is. It proves how big God is. It proves how confident he is in his own ability. Not in my ability, not in your ability, but in his ability. Because God lives outside of time, he's not stressed out by the things that that we're stressed out by. He's not popping Prozac about the economy or about our, our, our government, right? He's not worried about your grades and, and your, your family, right? He's not stressed out about those things. God's plan in your life is still in place. He hasn't given up on it and he hasn't given up on you. And so what do we do? Rick Warren always taught us, that, that, that taught me, when, when you thank God for something after it happens, that's gratitude, right? We just celebrated Thanksgiving last weekend. When we thank God for something that he's done in our lives, something that's already happened, that's, that's gratitude. But when we thank God for something before it happens, that's faith. Both are absolutely important. Both are critical for us. But faith is thanking God in advance. God, I, I don't know what you're gonna do. I, I don't know how you're gonna work this thing out in my life. I, I know that I'm at a dead end, but I, I thank you, God, I thank you in advance that you know what you're doing. And God, I thank you in advance that you're going to work it out in my life. And so God, I trust you and I'll follow you and I will do whatever it is that you want. See, when we respond this way, there, there's typically a few responses that, that God gives back to us. One is, is this, sometimes God changes the situation. Sometimes he'll miraculously turn the situation around. God's gonna do this many times in your life, but he's not always going to do it. Sometimes he changes the situation. Sometimes, the second one is that God changes you. In fact, I believe that God does this more often than he changes the situation. He changes you. He gives you a bigger perspective. He gives you a deeper faith. Your character develops. You, you get a, a new and improved attitude. Often God will leave the situation in our lives the same, but he, he'll change us in the middle of it. Sometimes God says, not yet. And not yet is different than no, right? And it's important for us to understand that. It feels the same in so many ways, but not yet is different. Not yet, it means this, right? Sometimes there's gonna be pain in our lives. And sometimes that pain is only going to be relieved through ultimate deliverance, right? And, that, and that's heaven, And for those of us that know Jesus, that have a relationship with him, that we know that we're going to spend forever with him. There's gonna be no sorrow and there's gonna be no tears. There's gonna be no suffering and no sadness. That's ultimate deliverance. And that's what God wants to offer to you. See, there's a difference between no. No says, I don't care. I don't care what happens to you. You're on your own, go figure it out. That's on you. Not yet says, I care. And I'm going to work it out in your life. It just might not be in your timetable, but ultimately I am going to work it out. And until then we keep trusting and we keep believing and we keep depending on him. You see, every dead end in life is is a place where we get to decide if we're going to doubt, if we're gonna try and, and, and do it our way or if we're going to depend on God. The reason that most of us, I think, try to do things our way try to do things in, in our time is, is because we think we know best. A lot of times we're just impatient, right? And, and that's really what our culture has become, that we want instant things and we want it our way and we want it in our time. Sometimes we just don't think that, that change in our character counts. That's not as important to us as change on the outside. I think it's one of the reasons that, that people like NASCAR. And I, I've told you before, I, I, don't understand, I don't understand NASCAR, right? It's a bunch of guys and, and one woman that they drive really fast in, in a circle. And uh, for a long time, I, I thought NASCAR was an acronym that stood for non-athletic sports centered around rednecks, right? That was, that's, what I thought, that's what I thought NASCAR meant. And, and, and I think one of the reasons that people like NASCAR is, is because it's very easy for us to follow. There's a counter, right, that tells you how many laps you have left. And so if if you're a driver, you know when to pace yourself and, and you know when you're coming up to the end of the race and when you need to put it all on the line. But you see, life isn't like that. When God gives us a dream, when we decide to follow, you don't know when he's going to make that dream happen in your life. You don't know when it's going to happen. And sometimes it feels like we're just going in circles and there's no counter. And eventually we try to do things our way, In our time, and we start to run out of gas and we start to to run into dead ends. See, the question that we need to ask ourselves today, it's a question that we have to ask ourselves every day, especially when we face delays and difficulties and dead ends in our lives. Every time you're tempted to do something your way is to ask this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham sets an incredible example for us that even when you run out in front of God, even when you do things, when you do things your way, that God is still there, that he's still involved, he, he still loves you, and this dream for your life is not dead. See, it's not too late to trust the God who brings the dead back to life and who can create new things out of nothing. God wants to give you a dream for your life, but you have to decide if you're going to do it yourself or if you're going to, to depend on God. God's about to deliver on his promise to Abraham. And Mike's gonna pick that up next week as we continue in the story. But here's the question that I wanna leave you with today. What in your life do you need to stop trying to do on your own? What do you need to stop chasing after? What's that thing in your life that you're, you need to stop trying to fulfill in your own way, in your own time, and instead depend on God to fulfill his plan in his time in your life? Will you bow your heads with me? See, God hasn't promised to take away all of your pain. And he hasn't promised that all of our loved ones are, are gonna live for as long as we want them to live. And he hasn't promised that we're not gonna have difficulties and we're not gonna have delays and we're not gonna have dead ends in our lives. But he has promised to give you the strength to handle it. And he's promised that through Jesus, he will deliver you. And there'll be no more sorrow and no more suffering and no more sadness and no more, no more pain. But there's only one way to get there and that's through Jesus. You don't work to earn it. It's only through Jesus. You see, the Bible's word for deliverance is the word for salvation. That's what salvation means. Jesus, Jesus is your savior. Jesus is your deliverer. And that's not just positive thinking. That's, that's faith. And maybe for you today, maybe you're in that place. Maybe for the very first time, you're saying, God, I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. God, if you love me that much, I'll, I want you in my life. I want a relationship with you. Jesus, I believe that you're God. And I believe that through your death and through your resurrection that I can be forgiven of my sins. And I can have a new relationship with you. and My past is put away and the future that you have for me is dependent on you. God, I thank you for the dream that you have given to each of us. And Father, if we're in a place today where, where we just haven't even thought about a dream in our lives for a while, God, will you, will you rekindle that? May, may we search that out from you? God, I thank you as a church, you've given us an incredible dream to reach the triangle and change the world. Father, it's a, it's a huge dream and we've run into difficulties and we've run into delays. It's not happening as fast as, as we would hope that it, it would happen. God, sometimes we run into things that feel like dead ends, but God, will you help us as a, as a church to depend completely upon you? But God, your desire is to, to see lives changed around us. And so, Father, will you use us as part of our dream, Father, to make that a reality in the lives of others, to share and to show the love of Jesus in their lives. God, we thank you for your incredible grace and mercy. And it's in your name we pray, amen.